Welcome to B2B Marketers on the Mission, a podcast for B2B marketers that helps you to question the conventional, think differently, disrupt your industry, and take your marketing to new heights. Each week, we talk to B2B marketing experts who share inspirational stories, discuss their thoughts on trending topics, and provide useful marketing tips and recommendations. And now, here's your host and co-founder of I'm Like Consulting, Christian Klepp. Okay, welcome everyone to this episode of the B2B Marketers and the Mission podcast, where you get your weekly dose of B2B marketing insights. This is your host, Christian Klepp, and today I'd like to welcome a guest into the show who is on a mission, and it's a very important one. It's because it's to teach people how to use automation in a way that's personalized, builds relationships, and helps businesses to scale. So coming to us from the Netherlands, Mr. Stefan Smolders, um, I'm going to try to say this as best as I can. Goedemiddag and welcome by the show. So welcome to the show. Christian, first of yeah. all, welcome and a pleasure to be here and for such a, a warm Dutch introduction. You pronounce it exactly the way it should be. So it Thank was you. amazing. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> I, I need a little bit more practice, I have to say, because my Dutch is a little bit rusty. <laughs> yeah, but it was actually a great start. So uh, yeah, I like that. It was the first time that everybody, that someone announced me in my own uh, Dutch language. So it's really cool. Yeah. It's uh, It was really great to be connected with you, Stefan, and I'm really looking forward to this topic because, man, you and I both know that this is a very relevant topic. This is being discussed online, I would say, without exaggerating, on a daily basis, right? Because there's so many people out there that are not using this properly, and what I'm talking about is automation, right? So you're the CEO and founder of a company called Expandi. So that, has, that company has a reputation for being the world's safest software for LinkedIn automation. But as I just mentioned, there's a lot of people that are using this the wrong way. So can you talk to us about the right way to do automation? Interesting question. And yeah, let's definitely spend some valuable time to, uh, to dive a bit more in depth here. Um, I think for the, for the ones who are listening and who are already active, on LinkedIn and doing outreach, I think that we all faced some changes on LinkedIn side, right? Um, the platform is growing and with more than 750 million users on the platform, it's a common thing that everybody's inboxes are flowing uh, uh, over full with spray and pray approaches and boring messages with outdated uh, connection requests uh, uh, people found on Google and I, they were actually performing really really well in 2015 but they definitely make not that much sense anymore and for a lot of people on the platform it was actually doing easy business for a couple of years uh, you gathered a lot of people from for example in sales navigator search with uh, filters like a job title and a location and then you added all these people to an automation tool to automatically connect with them and as soon as they accept to shoot out follow-up messages with sending your friendly link and actually bombing them with uh, possibilities to engage with you and book appointments and since linkedin um, want to avoid spam and we faced these changes, I think, since maybe six months ago. That's not that common anymore, that everybody can keep on going with all these pray and pray approaches. 
And actually what LinkedIn say, okay, if you want to stay on the platform, then you have to change your behavior. And instead of sending 100 requests or actions per day, you have to do it with only 100 per week. And I think that's a challenge for a lot of people, especially if you're not that great at uh, being creative in doing searches and uh, finding your audiences the right way. Uh, but as you can imagine with only 100 people, um, you have to make sure that you target them the right way because you only have 100 options to reach out to them. And I think that's, that's yeah, first of all, the main change we all face but luckily there are lots of opportunities and ways to work around that and to deal and adopt all these changes uh linkedin is preparing yeah and those are some really great insights uh, stefan and uh you know to your point i think a lot of people um you can call it a lazy approach you can call it a uh, a numbers game because people are trying to do outreach to as many people as they possibly can um at the expense of probably ignoring the fact that who they're reaching out to may or may not be a right fit in terms of what they provide. And I mean, we've all seen this, right? I, I got one this morning and it's, it's from somebody, it's totally irrelevant to my business, right? But I'm probably one of, of, of thousands of people that they're reaching out to, right? Exactly. And that's how most of the people look in the past time that yeah. they see it as a, as a, as a simple funnel and just as I explained with a less proper targeting, uh, a quantity selection, and from there on just adding as much people in the campaign as needed. And if the results are too low, everybody's just dropping more people in the campaign, and then there will always be an outcome. And these kind of approaches, uh, yeah, we have to stop with that if you want to stay on the platform and indeed adopt a bit of a more kind of approaches where you do really your best to engage with people where you try to build the relationships where you produce content where people see you as an authority and of course all these things can also be done with different kind of automations to make your life much more easier um, but if I analyze the situation, I think it's fair enough to say that 80, 90% of all the people on LinkedIn have a lower SSI score, the social selling index, as 70. Um, and if you dive into there, then you know that the SSI score contains four pilots. And it actually means uh, from LinkedIn's perspective, how healthy is your LinkedIn profile. Uh, and mainly a lot of people were only focused on doing outreach. They have a huge and a great number in building relationships, uh, but they lack in the other three pilots, for example, to engage more with people, to build an authority out of your LinkedIn profile, uh, but also they lack in producing content in different formats on a consistent way. And that are actually the main things LinkedIn wants you to do, host your own event, for example, because they want that you are going to engage with people you know if people are attending your event it's more likely that you can invite them because 
of that. If you produce a lot of content and people start engaging with it, it is uh, easy with such kind of a clever automations like Expandy to scrape all the people who engage with your content and start approaching them. Hey, thanks for voting on my poll or thanks for engaging with my post. It can be a better start of a conversation than uh, how people were mainly doing it uh, the old days. If you make your profile much more attractive, uh, it can, because of all the pieces of content you are going to create, uh, uh, retrieve more visitors to your profile. And with the tools like Expandy, you can easily build automations to automatically follow people who visited your profile and just warm up the relationships by visiting back, by liking their latest posts, uh, by following them or their company pages before you do actually an action to really engage with them. And that will give you the opportunities to make them a bit of a more aware that you are around the place and interested to catch up with them before you do actually anything and increase your chances to have more success. Yeah, and all those are some really great points. And you know, you already touched on some of the common mistakes and misconceptions around automation. And you brought up that word that I'd like to um, talk about a little bit further, which is, uh, or words, I would say, uh, social selling and uh, personalization. So uh, can you talk to us a little bit more about how you can use these two to leverage automation and uh, why these are better strategies than uh, your, you know, the, uh, the so-called spray and pray approach? Yeah, I think at the end, um, because of the huge amount of people who are active on LinkedIn, it will be a bit of a more harder to stand out of all the others, right? Uh, and to not be that uh, generic like everybody else. So it all starts with personalizing just a simple placeholders like a first name and company name, but it seems that will not be enough anymore because mainly everybody is doing it like that way, a first name. I came across your profile as you're working at a, a company name or as a job title. So to do things different, I think the image or a GIF personalization to interrupt the patterns and to minimize the ads will definitely help. I've tested uh, since we built an amazing integration with the market leader in hyper-personalization software, that's Hyperize. They are from the UK and um, with their software, you, you can easily connect with Expandy and from every message after the connection request, even if it's an in-mail or a group message, you can use a personalized image or DIF animation and you can add, for example, their profile picture on it, their uh, website, their company logo. And since I use these kinds of a ways to personalize, I see an increasement in reply rates and an uplift on average from at least 2.2. I think it's fair enough to say that if people accept your connection request and you shoot over different messages afterwards, that the 25% reply rate on average is, is actually already a nice number. But since using just images or GIF personalizations, for example, myself or one of my colleagues on a whiteboard with dynamic content and the profile 
image of the receiver on it and just ask a simple question instead of an attack approach, uh, it increased to at least 55% each and every time. So that is, I, I think it's an interesting way to go on because still not everybody is using such kind of a ways to engage with people on the platform. Yeah, no, those are some really interesting points. And I think it's also uh, going back to uh, something you said earlier. I think it's also a lot of these people that are using the spray and pray approach. I, I, I feel that um, I, I'm curious to see what their success rate is. I mean, for, for starters, yeah. And, uh, and, and I'm going to assume that it's not going to be very high. Um, secondly, it's also, uh, do you think it's, it's partly also because they just don't really understand who it is that they're targeting? Right. Like they'll see, they'll see like, okay, for example, marketing manager, but uh, which industry, right? What location, right? Those things. So I think what you're recommending, and those are really good points. It's uh, it, it sounds like more hard work. <laughs> so it's of course a bit of a more work and it yeah. all starts with educating, right? Um, and it's also very easy to just run a simple search or a basic search on Sales Navigator or just a job title and a location because people are excited to start and, 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 and outreach people. So I can understand that as well very, very well. But um, since they brought in these kind of limitations, they force everybody to came out of the comfort zones and stop with these approaches. Otherwise, you can't survive on LinkedIn anymore these days. You have to find a new ways, for example, hosting your own event, creating content on a consistent way to boost that event, try to get 1,000 attendees on your event. And instead of doing a an, 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 an single demo one-on-one, -on -one, you can now educate people on a larger scale in the same time. Um, and if you're going to dive a bit more on LinkedIn and on their website as well, you will see that that's what they strongly recommend. Um, so if you want to be a bit more in line what LinkedIn wants you to do, then that are definitely the ways or the new ways to, to go. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, you know, there was something that you just mentioned earlier, uh, Stefan, and I'd like to get your opinion on that. Um, how important do you think it is, you know, as part of your uh, social selling initiative, how important do you think it is for you to engage with other people's content? So it's not just putting content out there, but also commenting on other people's posts, for example. I think it makes definitely a lot of sense also to make people in your network aware that you are active every time if you like or comment or engage with just as somebody else posts on LinkedIn, they will see it as well, right? So you will be on top of mind if people say you come by with just giving a small comment uh, on somebody else's post. And LinkedIn also see that you really try to engage with people which help you to increase one of these pilots that belong to that in your uh, social selling index score. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. Is it um, something you, you, you are doing yourself as well, engaging with other people's content as part yeah. of your strategy? Yeah, I am. I am. But I, I would say I, um, I engage uh, thoughtfully 
like if I think I have something valuable to add to the conversation. I'm, I'm, I'm usually not the kind of person that's just going to say, oh, great post, and then there's nothing after that, right? So it, it, it has to be, uh, for me at least, it has to be uh, B2B marketing related. It, it can be about something like somebody shares their personal story. Um, then I engage with that a little bit too. But I try to keep it professional. So if it's uh, if it's on a topic that um, that I know something about and I think I can add some uh, kind of value to the conversation, then I will comment. Makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. 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 Okay. Hey, it's Christian Klepp here. We'll get back to the episode in a second. But first, is your brand struggling to cut through the noise? Are you trying to find more effective ways to reach your target audience and boost sales? Are you trying to pivot your business? If so. Book a call with Einblick Consulting. Our experienced consultants will work with you to help your B2B business to succeed and scale. Go to www.einblick.co for more information. Um, yeah, I'd like to discuss something with you um, uh, further based on an article. Yeah. Uh, and you were featured in many articles, but this one specifically, um, th this one stood out for me, I have to say. Um, so mm -hmm. it was an article published in Medium, and I think we had this conversation previously. So this uh, article was published May 24th of this year. So you talked about five strategies um, that you use to grow your business. And I think that this is so relevant for the listeners, um, not, not necessarily because of your own story, but I think it's more of a case study of how B2B companies can use these strategies, um, especially if they're trying to scale and they're trying to use marketing in a more strategic way uh, to expand their reach online right so just uh let, let me just go through the uh the, the five strategies and then we can expand on them right so the first one is um you mentioned it already create great content i think that goes without saying yeah the content has to be good it has to be relevant to your target audience number two which i think is equally important content distribution right because uh if you do one one well and the other one is not so good then um kind of defeats the purpose right um building a community I think that's become even more important in these past uh, 12 to 15 months because we're all at home, we're all working online. Um, from what I've been reading so far, and I don't know about you, it kind of sounds like that's not really gonna go away anytime soon, right? So um, online communities are here to stay. Um, amen to that because that helps people like you and me. Um, don't forget about SEO, right? And the fifth one, which I think a lot of companies out there are getting wrong, help users to get to know your product, but get to know your product in a way that's not me, me, me. It's you, 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 right? <laughs> so can you expand on these five strategies a bit? And where relevant, please provide an example. Yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. Um, I, yeah, first of all, uh, as, as, as you know, we are into an exciting journey with expanding with an hyper growth we created bootstrap in, in 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 18 months to to a bit more than six million in annual revenue um and in the beginning we did not even have any dollar to spend on paid advertisements or traditional marketing so then you need to think a bit more out of the box and actually what we did was taking a bit more advance of all the lags and the gaps we found in the market along all the current providers out there. Um, and what we saw first of all was, for example, that all these other providers, they were mainly focused 
on their website with pronouncing all their features and how good they are in, 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 in that. But actually nobody was talking about, okay, how and what you have to do to get benefit using these features and what will bring you as a result. The market was lacking a bit in producing content on actionable content. So step-by-step -step guides. Okay, I want, I consider to do LinkedIn outreach and if I like it, I want to do automation, but where should I start? How should I do it? Which tactics can I use? So we decided to use our own growth strategies which helped Expandi to grow so fast, to build case studies out of it, actually step-by-step -step guides or growth hacks or whatever you want to call it, um, with real examples, with in-depth explanations on how we executed such kind of strategies, how we connected the dots, which tools you need to build such kind of a strategy. Uh, which examples, templates, messages you we used, but also the results we got from it on an honest way um, and the feedback we received from the people we were approaching and appointments we booked. We took screenshots of all of that and um, it was a real hit because people were really thankful, especially in the beginning. Oh, thanks for providing such kind of a hacks to help me book an X amount of appointments each and every week for myself or for my agency. Uh, so we kept on going with doing this and it resulted at the end that we slowly became kind of the CNN for LinkedIn lead generation, just a an, an, an cool place where people could find all the latest hacks, strategies. And the best part of it is that it was no flush we all executed it themselves with the real results, with everything in it. So uh, at the moment, because of that valuable content we created, um, we have now more than 50K unique visitors and blog readers per month on our website. And a lot of people want to take advantage of all the things we share over there. And to make a small bridge to, uh, yeah, the, 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 uh, the second part of the strategy, uh, it mainly has to do with the content distribution, right? Because if you produce really valuable and great content and you not focus on distribution, nobody will uh, not find you and nobody will visit it or took an action out of that. So um, you can do that on different ways. In the beginning, we were mainly focused, for example, on creating such kind of um, content around tactics and strategies. And we did not even do care for sale optimized content. We put only a lot of effort in, in the promotion part. And let me give you some examples on how we did that at that time point. And then we are talking about maybe 15, 16 months ago. Uh, if we executed this kind of strategy ourselves, our content team starts working on gathering all the things we need to produce that blog article. And from there on, we map out actually a couple of strategies to distribute it. And in our case, we 
looked for places where our audiences were and we are mainly focused on linkedin done for you agencies for growth marketers for growth hackers actually people who are active on linkedin who are in love with automations and people who are managing more than one linkedin profile yeah and we found out that a lot of these people uh, you can find on, on, on Zest, on Cora, on Indie Hackers, on Growth Hackers. So with a lot of creativity, we push the articles there with upvotes from different accounts to put it a bit more to the top uh, so that more people saw it. Um, the second thing is that we were very active in different Facebook communities. And then we started to make a really cool intro in there. Uh, share the article and ask people to leave a comment if they want to have the article. Uh, for example, uh, LinkedIn Outreach is dead, but we have some, we found a cool hack where we booked 40 appointments, a 70% acceptance rate. We explained in depth how you can achieve that with all examples, templates, and so on and so forth. Uh, if you are interested, just leave a comment and we shoot it over uh, to engage people. Um, and we did exactly the same on LinkedIn. And on LinkedIn, we boosted the posts with uh, engagement posts. It was a bit of a new at that time point, and they were well working tools like Limpot, for example. And luckily, it helped us to generate on average more than, than 160K views per post, and thousands of people who commented and engaged with it at that time point. I'm not sure if it's working that perfectly these days, but um, as a new kid on the block in our industry, using that way of distribution, it helps uh, us to get a lot of visibility. Uh, and then from there on, we put it a small retargeting on it for the people who, uh, who read our blogs. So that was mainly, but a lot of manual effort. We replied on Facebook, for example, manually to all the people who want to receive such kind of an, uh, an blog article. And then we follow, followed up from the one-on-one -on -one messages. So it was a very time-consuming exercise. Um, but it was well working and it, actually also helped us to build a community around expanding and maybe that's again a nice bridge to uh, to the third pillar or strategy as i discussed in the uh, in the article on medium um, building a community will help you as an entrepreneur or as a SaaS founder to share your ideas along the way to validate things you have in mind, but also to ask that community to give you a feedback and to give their own opinions, to share things with them, not only if it's be a success, but also to listen to them if there are challenges and problems and um, to be transparent with them. And I saw that the sooner you start with creating a community, even if your product is not ready yet, it will help you to use it as a uh, place to push interested people over uh, from all the outreach funnels you are building. It will help to engage with your customer base on a much more easy array in a central place. And it will also 
help that people um, will respect you much more also if things are not going that well. For example, I saw because of all the valuable ideas in terms of content we shared over there with them, that people became real fans of us. And as soon as people started discussions in other communities or groups about which kind of automations they should use, we saw that a lot of our competitors were always pronouncing themselves as a founders, you need to use this tool or that tool. We never did that ourselves and our community, they became actually an army for us and uh, you need to go 100% for Xfondi. They have the best support, the best automations, the best everything, the greatest content. And I think that's a huge advantage we got from creating a community and a safe place to communicate with like-minded people who were using our product or who were interested just to learn more about how you can use such kind of um, ways on LinkedIn to approach an outreach. Um, So they became like your ambassadors, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like a brand ambassador, right? Definitely, yeah, Yeah. definitely. So that's... um, that's a thing I should strongly recommend to every SaaS founder or entrepreneur to create a community around your product. Don't be scared if things are not perfect. Don't be scared if it's not finished yet. Don't be scared if you make a mistake. Just share it on a transparent way because people are very happy to be part of something that's coming and that they can give a feedback and that you will adopt it. That's the way, the right way, in my believing, to build a real connection with people who are using your solution or platform or software. And uh, yeah, I should definitely start as soon as possible with it. It's also an opportunity to, yeah, I think, figure out more about micro trends or actually what's going on in the minds of the community. Yeah, as I mentioned with all these content distributions, it it was a lot of manual work. And because we did not have the, the, the skills in our marketing team at that time point to create content, which was actually uh, SEO optimized um, and to build a more consistent way of incoming traffic each and every month. We decided at the time point that we were generating some money to go double down on SEO. Um, and we teamed up with an external company, Kulidi, in there. And they really did an amazing job helping Expandi actually became the CNN of lead generation and the, the number one of, of content with LinkedIn tips, with hacks, with strategies, with everything related to improve your outreach. Um, it will not brought in the results right away. I think after a couple of months, it starts became one of our most and best converting inbound strategies 
because it's such amount of people which are coming back to your website each and every time you can imagine that it generates uh, uh, hundreds not even thousands of signups each and every month and yeah the effort you have to put in afterwards is a bit of a more or less in comparing to do an active outbound outreach where you have to be much more focused and uh, follow up all these people which is sometimes also a challenge um, so that was actually one of the best decisions we made uh, to go double down on SEO because it gave us so much traffic and it still do and we extend the cooperation with this great partner um, they are yeah, actually ahead of the game in terms of new ways to do a better job on SEO, to build, do a better link building and everything related to, uh, to that. Um, so it's maybe not for the fast results in the beginning as an early stage starter, it will not give you the results immediately. But as so, therefore, I think the order we did it to first distributed a lot our own way and afterwards uh, cooperate with such kind of an, a, a specialized company in that particular topic is the right order for us to uh, to do it. And it will it it actually still brings us tons of 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 people who came from all these articles and content pieces we uh, we produced yeah. and i think the last pillar as i mentioned uh, as well in the article uh, is how you actually help users to know your product better especially with all the changes that are going on on linkedin um i saw since that happened that People from everywhere around the globe, they start approaching me, connecting with me on different social media channels to ask my opinion. Even people who are not using our own software, but just people who I felt it a bit as they were scared because of these changes and what I have to do and LinkedIn is cracking down and I can't reach my quotas and I can't reach results for my customers because of the limitations. So I think educating people is a very important thing on how to use your product or service or how they can adopt new ways to do outreach on LinkedIn. And instead of helping people to build workarounds to bypass such kind of limits, that's, I think for the time being, and maybe for the next couple of months and maybe year until, until the moment that LinkedIn will crack down that as well. Also a way to go, but on the long run, we have to do a step back, came out of the comfort zones, uh, leave all these spray and pray approaches and invest a bit of a more time in what you want to achieve and how you can do that on a way that it aligns bit more friendly with what LinkedIn expects of you as an as an as a user to to do. Therefore we 
came up with a new academy where we teamed up with a lot of industry experts and created masterclasses around the different topics. And we actually invited these experts to provide a masterclass about a specific topic they master themselves. And that can be a personalization, a hyper-personalization uh, masterclass that can be about, okay, uh, events. Uh, uh, I really think hosting LinkedIn events is the new way to go. But yeah, it's also fair enough to say that, okay, if you create your own event and I explain you how to do that, it's quite of a challenge to get a lot of attendees to your event. But with helping people and explain them, and we adopt a lot of automations with Expandi, how you can, for example, invite on autopilot your first degree connections, how you can post content related to your event topic on LinkedIn on autopilot, um, how you can engage with people which are also attending an event, such as in group automation, uh, to increase the amount of people with strategies so that you also can get a thousand people attending your next event. Um, and by helping people, just giving them inspiration, sharing them practical ideas, step-by-step, step, very slow, so that they can adopt it themselves. That's definitely for the long run, I think the way to go. So yeah, we will focus a bit more than we already did before on such kind of an activity to help people better to adopt the product but it also will also help reduce churns it will also help to make people a better user of your software and if they became a better user with the better results they will pronounce it and spread the word out of it along their friends or colleagues or maybe uh, other people who could be beneficial for your software as well. So yeah, I think that's a bit of a recap about uh, an explanation about what I wrote over there, right? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I want to say, first of all, thank you for sharing all of that with us. And I really hope to the audience out there that you have been doing the same thing that I've been doing in the past couple of minutes and you've been taking notes as Stefan was talking because a lot of the things that you've been sharing in the past couple of minutes are, in my opinion, actionable, right? Um, you've talked about the strategies you've used and you've given examples for each. And you know some of the uh, points that you brought up, they are so relevant for a lot of um, B2B companies out there, especially in the the SaaS and tech startup uh, space, because you know uh, the the um, I would say I wouldn't say it's a standard procedure, but it's this unwritten rule that you have to prove the business model and then scale it with as little money as possible if you can, right? And if you're strapped for resources, which a lot of them are, a lot of us are, right? We don't have we we don't all have huge budgets. So how do we? expand our operations, expand our reach and do it in a way that is strategic. And to your point, which I think was a really important one, because you didn't just put content out there because it's, you know, oh, look, our, our product is so great. You put content out there because you genuinely understood the pain points and the challenges that your potential customers are facing and you answered these questions that they had, right? Definitely. That's yeah. uh, 
that was the main reason behind. And uh, yeah, as yeah. I mentioned before, a bit of the gap we saw in combination with the struggles people have to get results out of doing outreach on LinkedIn. Yeah, no, exactly, exactly. So we go on to the next question. And this one is um, about what is a status quo or a commonly held belief in your area of expertise that you passionately disagree with and why? I hear a lot of stories from people, LinkedIn outreach is dead. And uh, really, I, 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 I disagree yeah. because of, due to all these changes, of course, it's yeah. related and uh, yeah. people are frustrated. Um, but I definitely disagree with that. It's still a gold mine. And uh, I really believe it. I prove it. I show it, still show it. I give the examples. And I think for all the people who are interested to not particularly using Expandy, but just improving and level up their LinkedIn outreach game, it's worth to have a, a better ideas and inspirations about, okay, how can I survive? What I should do? What are actually tactics I was not even aware of? Because most of these ones are quite simple, easy to implement, and it's just tweaking and small changes. And then you will be in love with the results and the improvements you, you see. So. Okay. Okay. No, that's uh, that's an, that's definitely an interesting one. Like uh, just to wrap up the conversation, the kind of advice that you would give people out there that are um, interested in using opti um, uh, automation and to optimize automation in the right way. Uh, what is the one thing you think they should start, and one thing that they should stop? Should start with making first of all sure about what they want to do instead of going to Google, uh, 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 searching for uh, best performing uh, LinkedIn uh, connection requests, uh, uh, taking a copy of these templates and start outreaching people the whole days. It actually maybe doesn't, first of all, that much matter on which kind of a tools you want to use in the space. I think it's a more, more worth for yourself to start outlining and defining, okay, what I actually want to achieve. And then as a second question, how I want to do that. Um, it's definitely not my intention in here to push or promote people to expanding. I really, as a strong believer in tactics and providing as much value as I can. I should recommend these people just to have at least a look at our blog. It's on our Expandy website and just to give you a kind of an inspiration and ideas on how you can use such kind of automations. And it really doesn't matter for me if you already use any kind of other automations and you just want to use the strategies or embed or implement it. But I should definitely start with making a bit more clear for yourself um, what you want to achieve. And then as a next uh, next question, okay, how you want to do that? Okay. And what, what about the, the stop part of the question? 
What should they stop doing? They should stop focusing on mass outreach. That's that's one thing. Uh, LinkedIn is also forcing you to do that. Um, and stop giving up because there's still so many opportunities to uh, yeah. get traction on the platform that uh, people stop, have to stop giving giving up the believing in 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 that as well. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. Stefan, as expected, this uh, conversation was incredibly informative, incredibly insightful. Um, you know, you gave a, you, you shared so much of your experience and expertise with the listeners. So thank you again for coming on and sharing. Um, please tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, how people out there can get in touch with you. Yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm, I'm located in the Netherlands. Um, the most easiest way for people is to follow me, for example, I'm also a Forbes Council. Uh, they can connect with me over there. I publish a lot of articles for the for the for the Forbes on a consistent way. Mm -hmm. And for the ones who are a bit of a more active on the socials, yeah. uh, I think a great way to reach out with me is on the Facebook Messenger. Okay. I'm very responsive over there as a, a, a founder of a third party app on LinkedIn. Uh, uh, they uh, they removed me over there. So that's actually yeah. uh, one of the disadvantages of being a founder of a third party app uh, yeah. uh, on LinkedIn, which is yeah. against their policies. And we saw they did it with a lot of founders, but uh, therefore I'm very yeah. responsive on Facebook. Uh, just send me a friend request and I'm happy to help you out on any questions you have over there. Fantastic, fantastic. Stefan, once again, this has been a great session. Thank you so much for your time. Uh, thank you well. <laughs> thank you well, Kai. That's, that's uh, a great close of, uh, of yeah. the conversation. It, it was an honor to be here as a fan of the show myself, Christian. Keep on thank going you. with what you're doing. I really enjoyed this session, so I'm looking forward to uh, uh, to how it uh, come along if it's, uh, if it's ready. Likewise, likewise. Okay, Stefan, thank you so much again. Uh, take care, be safe, and talk soon. Okay, bye for now. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the B2B Marketers on a Mission podcast. To learn more about what we do here at Einblick, please visit our website at www.einblick.co and be sure to subscribe to the show on iTunes or your favorite podcast player.